Welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. Today's episode is such an interesting one and I have got this one out super speedy, edited it, put it straight out into the world because I think people need to hear it. This episode is all about how Caroline started her business while pregnant, told all of her clients she was taking maternity leave, handed over to a team and then transitioned back into the business in a way that actually worked really well for her and was effectively seamless. So if you've been thinking, how on earth do I have children and run a business? then this is definitely the episode for you. Hi, yeah, so I'm Caroline from Upsource. We, um, this is, it's virtual assistant service, um, small team of BAs. We support solopreneurs, uh, freelancers, and small business owners with a sprinkling of tech startups, I like to say. Um, and we basically provide them with business support to make their lives easier. We're also going into the lifestyle support, providing some event support for some of our clients and social media as well. So we're, we're getting getting bigger. Um, I started in April 2020 and officially launched in June 2020. Personally, as a virtual assistant, I've actually been in the industry since 2016. Uh, I used to work for a large London virtual assistant service. Um, I started out as VA there. Um, I was one of the first employees, so I was an employed VA rather than a business owner or a freelancer. And um, I helped them build and grow some of their business. So I did learn a lot there and supported a lot of clients ranging from plumbers to software startups to fintech, uh, content marketing agencies. And um, yeah, so when I, I got made redundant in 2019 and I went to go and help friends, family business, which I needed to be furloughed from to care for my toddler in the first lockdown. And I just decided to go for it. I got a bit addicted to the freelance lifestyle and working wherever you want to work and with who you want to work it was um with having kids it just seemed the best solution for me this is like the perfect example of when from the outside it looks like an overnight thing but in reality you've been working hard for a number of years yeah that's that's a really good way of explaining it it does seem sometimes like oh it's happened really quickly and built up super quickly but th that's not the case at all you know like some of these and I even say on the relationship side of things some of the relationships with the clients I work with and VAs I work with they've been people I've had relationships with since 2016 and one of them came from um, someone I used to work with I used to work at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital before I went to um, the VA service and that's one of my clients is a relationship from there so it's kind of like you're always even though I didn't know this was going to be my end goal or the goal for this point of my life, I've been working on some of these relationships for, for years now. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just really can't underestimate. Like sometimes when I'm telling people, you know, go meet people and get yourself in Facebook groups and chat to people in the DMs and stuff. They're like, oh my God, but nothing's happening. And I'm like, yeah, it takes time. <laughs> like it takes years sometimes <laughs> to build those relationships. 
it, it, it really, really does. And, you know, and sometimes relationships come from out of nowhere or it comes from, I don't know, doing the school run or, um, you know, a, a local coffee shop or a, a friend's friends. That's it. You know, I have friends who, um, I, you know, I don't get to, to see often enough because they're not local to me and um, we don't we kind of like don't speak that much. But then suddenly they'll recommend me on social media because they've seen what I'm doing or to someone, one of someone in their network who's looking for a virtual assistant service. So it's it's really lovely. Um, and I try to do the same back for other people like, who I don't always connect with. But um, I know of and refer them if I see someone looking for someone in their industry. It's, it's all about relationships in this. And, um, you know, it. It can feel like hard work sometimes and sometimes it doesn't feel like work at all. <laughs> yes. And I, I like really believe that you should talk about what you do everywhere. Like you say, whether that's on the school run or when you're at the hairdressers, because something that I used to do when I first started was, and I don't know if you experienced this, but I found it quite difficult to put into a sentence what it was that I did. And I found that people didn't really understand it or they maybe thought that I was just I know, making something up. So I got to the point where people would ask me what I did and I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie, but like I wouldn't really explain it. I would just kind of brush off the question. And actually what I was doing there was brushing off potential clients. And when I started actually just shouting about what I did to anyone who would listen, everything changed because you just really don't know where that next relationship is going to be from or who knows someone that you need to know. It's so true. And I have to confess, that's probably something I need to get better at. And that's probably also from the nature of I. I actually was talking about this the other day. I started my business during a lockdown. And so all everything relationship-wise, and also because I was pregnant and we, we didn't know what the rules were about going out and about so much, I've not really done the in-face networking, which is something I'm definitely looking to do increase more of. But I think I'm now getting used to that in-person stuff and getting better about saying, verbalizing what I do rather than just writing down online what I do. So um, I, I think I've been building up, getting better at writing down and saying what I'm doing, say in, on social media and on emails and when I'm connecting with people online. But I think that's an area I personally probably could improve on is just doing it in person as well. Um, cause it's all, it, even something like, oh, I think I spoke to my dad the other day, he does my finances and he's an accountant and he was looking at it and I was like, oh, wow, you've got a business here. And I was like, yeah, have I not been explaining this to you? What I do? <laughs> I think, and it was, it was just really funny because it was someone really close to me, but he was just like, I think still trying to figure out how I managed to build a business while pregnant and on maternity leave. And he was like, oh, you've actually done that. And I was like, okay, I clearly need to communicate that what I'm doing <laughs> it's hard though isn't it and I think it comes from like when you work for somebody else you just don't really talk about it you might have a job title but it's very rare that you actually go into the ins and outs and how that business makes money and what you take home at the end of the month like it's just not really talked about and then when you have your own business it's just completely different and I think people do kind of play down their own achievements quite a lot and so you end up really like playing down all the amazing things that you've done and like you say you can have a whole business that's making you tons of profit you could be really successful and your friends and family could have no idea because we just don't talk enough and I do think there is a line and I struggle with this myself where like you don't want to be that person who's always going on about her business like yeah. there's like a middle ground where you want to be 
you know, sharing stuff with people and celebrating your achievements without being the person who everyone's like, oh my God, she's walking in the room, she's going to talk about her business again, you know? <laughs> it's so true because um, a little bit of a shameless plug, but I got featured in Grazi last week and on uh, my friend's, really close friend's WhatsApp group, my friend went, Caroline, you're in Grazi, are you just going to like not tell us that? <laughs> and it was like, I was, I just felt a bit like I'd done a bit too much saying what I was up to. You know, I have other incredible people in that group, lawyers, a midwife, they all do like amazing jobs that they're not always shouting about oh I just you know delivered a baby so <laughs> you know whereas I'm here going hey look at this publicity I got I just felt in that moment but I was like well if you insist here it is but I just felt sometimes there is that line of not always wanting to talk I mean I'd love to talk about it anyone who wants to ask me about it please do <laughs> at the same time yeah not all yeah, it's like you know actually not to relate it back to having kids it's it's easy to feel like oh my god they did this amazing thing today they you know learned a new word and everyone's like okay great <laughs> <laughs> There's also a difference, isn't there, between the things that excite you when you're in the business and the things that excite everyone else. Because I remember when I won a business award, and I've talked about this before, but I won this business award and it was the most underwhelming night of my life because I had tech issues. It was on Zoom because of COVID. I was wearing like this really nice dress sat in my office. Like it was just really not the event I thought it was going to be. And I actually missed them announcing my name because they didn't have enough space in the Zoom room. So I was queuing outside. So I missed the whole thing. And then I got this like glass thing in the post that I've put on a shelf. And it just, it didn't, it didn't give me the same feeling as when I'm helping a client, you know, like when I'm working yeah. with one of my clients and we have a, a breakthrough where I really help them do something. It was just nowhere near that level. But to my family, it was like, oh my God, you won a business award. So I also think there's a difference between what excites you from the inside and from the outside. <laughs> that That's really true because I had a similar experience when, because I it's experiencing the same things like that, talking to each other, because I, I won UK Best Newcomer BA earlier this year. And I was at home breastfeeding my baby and yeah, almost missed my name as well because I just didn't think I was going to win. <laughs> so I, I was like, I'm going to about feeding my baby. And then I was like, oh, now I have my boob out. <laughs> and, and then I was going to get busted, but everyone was like, wow, that's amazing. And it was just a bit like, yeah. And so I had like a glass of champagne. So I was like, well, I, I need to do something. But <laughs> at the same time, it was like, oh, this isn't quite what I expected, but oh, and now I've managed to get, you know, when you bring on a new client or it's like, oh, I really wanted a client in this space. I've not got any clients like that at the minute, which is something that really excites me because I've been like trying to see what other sort of clients I could support and, you know, how else Upsource could support them or bringing on new services like the social media side of things. It's like, that's really exciting, but to other people, <laughs> that's just kind of doing the same thing as I always did for clients <laughs> yeah I think this is why you need business friends isn't it because they yeah. can get excited about things like this like I really nailed an email sequence the other day and I was like I have nobody to tell about this right now nobody cares <laughs> but it was a really big deal for me so I definitely think this is a nice reminder that you need to get some business friends join a mastermind something so that you can celebrate those things that to the average person probably seem like nothing that's so true and I and that's why I also think VAs really have such a place is that I see it's all the time with our clients is they just like us really knowing their business and really knowing when an email is an achievement or when you know something hasn't gone to plan but they've managed to like 
come out of it the other side and do really well out of it and we know the ins and outs and they feel like they can chat to us about it and we get excited with them which is something I really love that you know I think freelancers especially or business owners even because I do feel even if you have a team if you have and I was talking to one of my team about this the other day she supports quite a big company and um he's really like her client is starting to really open up to her and I'm like well it's because you're not a part of the company and so you've got that extra step back whereas if you have an in-house PA there might be still things you have to be quite careful about with them and it's it's really nice to see that he's got that kind of confidant in her because she's knows them all well enough that she's not part of the team like she's not part of the company she's part of Upsource. Mm, such a good point and I think this is why I mean, there's so many reasons that a VA is so great, but I um, I had my own VA for like a year and she quite recently left. She is doing incredible things now. And it was like one of those relationships where we didn't want it to end, but I knew it was good for her. Um, but just having her as part of the team for that long, it was like she had seen my business from the outside and then she'd come in it and she'd seen it from the inside and she'd been you know, helping me with launching programs and creating graphics. And like, it was just so nice to have somebody who, who got it and who also would, you know, message me every now and again and be like, oh, I saw that thing did really well. The things that other people wouldn't notice. So I definitely would say like having a team is also a really great addition to having those business friends because they're going to celebrate those things with you as well because they're going to understand it from the inside. Exactly. You know, they understand, oh, she's working that really painful thing, really. But this nice thing has happened. So <laughs> let's, let's balance it out. <laughs> exactly. You have mentioned that you have a little one. Yes. And I would like to hear more about this because you um, this is what we uh, initially spoke about in the DMs. And I was intrigued because I'm not a mum, um, but I do have a lot of clients who are mums or who are looking to have kids soon. And this is an area that you know more about than me. So I would love to know how firstly how did you run the business in the earlier days so um you know was it planned like did you have a plan for how your business would work around being pregnant having a baby is it something that you kind of did as you went along like fill us in so um I actually had my first child when I was employed and um so just to kind of give you a picture of where I came from and why I decided to do what people would see as really quite a stupid thing to start a business <laughs> um but I think it's always helpful to hear the background um the the timing around it wasn't planned I'd just been promoted I was really really insecure about my career I I really wanted one I I didn't I kind of been I've been brought up around career women my whole life and also ones that haven't taken the longest maternity leave so I thought right that's doable this is how it works you know if other women can do it obviously I can and just kind of went a bit gung-ho about it plus I was the first in my friendship group to have kids so I was kind of had no, like no real confidence in that sort of side so I, I went back to work after 10 weeks and it was horrendous um it partly it, it was really badly managed as well it you know there wasn't that support there they weren't used to having returners back to work after pregnancy I was the first to do that and it, it just did not it probably went as probably as worse bad as it probably could and um it, it was really tough so um it ended up you know about a year later going in the redundancy direction and it, which gave me some time spending my child which was great and then figure out what I wanted to do and I went employed for a while and then when COVID hit 
um, I got furloughed and I was like, oh, right, I'm off the job market again. Um, I've got to stay at home and care for my toddler. I didn't even know if I was going to be furloughed for about a month of that. I was basically in this limbo of like, I don't have a job. Um, I don't know if I'm being paid. I think we might have to pay for nursery still, even though he's not there. And my husband needs to work. We're obviously completely reliant on him. And it was basically, and then I found out I was pregnant again. <laughs> and I was like, great, uh, good timing. Um, and so it was basically that choice of like, right, I can either, you know, this is it. And I just have to see how it goes and do my best. Or I look for another job, but who's really going to hire someone who's pregnant, which sounds awful because you hope that wouldn't be the case. But sadly, it really can be, I think, especially in the PA case. So I'd be looking at temporary jobs, maybe, and then not getting any maternity pay. Or I thought, well, I'd been getting more and more involved in the BA community, looking at online spaces, um, you know, starting connections with BAs. And I was like, well, I could just give this a go and see how it goes. And so I did my financial plan, um, which for me was really important because I think that's just where everything starts. I know a lot of people don't start businesses with financial plans, but I think in order for me to prove to my family that this was going to be worth it for all of us, that was a great place to start. And I always prioritised that my mental health and my family were going to not be affected by it because um, it's very easy to, to overwork as a business owner and to put everything into it. And so from the start, I decided that wasn't going to be the case. Obviously, I had slip ups. That's how it goes. But um, basically, the plan was to just bring on clients, work with them, tell them I was going to be taking maternity leave and that I was going to hand them over to a team uh, during that time and then come back. And hopefully if those relationships were working, just keep them on and keep growing in that direction. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot in like basically a little bit, a snippet of how it looked. <laughs> like I just love this so much. And I do think that obviously there will be people who listen to this who think, oh my God, that's a lot, like that's a lot at once to handle. Um, and I'm sure it was. It but was. I also think that sometimes it's in those moments that you really, you get shit done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, when I started my business, I had thought about doing it properly for a long time, but I always had some sort of safety net, whether that was a job or, you know, I was at uni or that was my excuse, I don't know. And then when I was made redundant and I suddenly was in a really crap situation, I was like, I don't really have any other option. I need to make this work. And I think sometimes that although that can be more stressful and there's more pressure there, it can get you where you're going quicker than if you're someone who already has a full-time job, you have that stability and you don't need to do the thing. Would you agree? I completely agree. That was it. I had other, you know, I was being a full-time mum at that point. And uh, when you go from your whole life being told, you know, you can have a career, you can do this, you know, that's a real privilege to be told that. I understand that. But at the same time, and then suddenly you have kids and you feel like, well, know that that's not the case and you're like well I'm just gonna have to do it but do it in a different way and it was literally keeping me sane every day like by the end of the day my husband would take some time off his job and give me a break and I'd go and work on my business because it was just something different to do and something to give me a focus and be like right I'm gonna make this work because this is the option to give myself that career but also give that give me that balance around the family. Hmm. So how did you find being pregnant 
and also trying to get the business going like what was your experience was it one that was quite easy was it difficult did it go up and down what was, what was that like it was hard. <laughs> I can't lie, it was hard. I got morning sickness and I do get that. And, you know, let's not be fooled by morning sickness. It's it's all day. Um, and so, you know, I did have to have a good, during that tw- the first 12 weeks, there was probably a good four to six where I just had to be like, right, I'm trying as best as I can, but I need to really be easy on myself. So there were days where my husband would take over the childcare and I'd go have a bath. I wouldn't, I, you know, I just had to do what I had to do or go have a nap because you're like so tired and fatigued during that first. I don't want to make out I was some sort of superwoman here. It was hard. Um, and I w- had to be easy on myself because, you know, the priority was my health, my mental health and the family so I had to focus on that but at the same time I still have this when you have a drive which I know you relate to um you're just gonna get it done and so that's basically what's like and I accepted help as well so things like I didn't you know I'll be very open I outsourced my website I didn't build that I outsourced things like my logo and the creative side um and I was just very patient with myself and I knew I was not going to kick off the business fully until my child was back at nursery and that ended up being in the July which is why I count that as my launch date because then that actually did tie in with when I got fully booked with clients was the July the August and uh, yeah it's funny how things work out isn't it Uh, whether that was COVID or just the way it was meant to be I'm not sure but um, yeah I didn't take on the full amount of clients so I was doing discovery calls work you know putting my name out there getting all my software set up getting my social medias things set up but that was over a couple of months because you know I had to be easy on myself it was very difficult I love this conversation you've highlighted something so important that is that you can work your ass off you can work hard you can be super determined you can know exactly where you're going and also take care of yourself and I feel like sometimes they're almost two separate things like you have to be this person who is like work 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 hustle hustle doesn't take a break always stressed everything else is neglected or you're someone who kind of like floats around looks after yourself no pressure no goals and actually I think you can have an element of both and for me like my mental health and my family is really really important so I am ridiculously determined and very very stubborn like I will work hard and I will work 12 hour days if that's what I need to do but also I will happily take a day off or a week off or you know start at one o'clock in the afternoon if that's what I need to do for myself and I think there is a middle ground there it's it's really true and it's you know sometimes you've got to remember that depending on which side of the personality types you fall on I think business owners tend to fall in the hard work and easily overworking side but say for example by the end of my second trimester so I was like fully booked on clients getting to the stage where I was talking to loads of people to bring onto my team having all those conversations which was you know quite probably harder than getting the clients was getting the right people on board and then you know getting set up with handovers and it was coming towards the end of my second trimester and I was like I need to step back from the day-to-day client work earlier than planned so you've also got to it's more into, you know, we know as business owners things change you've got to change your goals change 
change your goalpost, all those sorts of things. But it's kind of more intense when you're pregnant, I would say as well, is that I knew, so I was due in the December. My plan was to step away in the November. And I, so I reached my third trimester around September and my hormones changed. I felt like I wasn't doing my best work. And I was like, I said to my husband, I was like, we need to, you know, figure out our finances because I need to step away earlier. I need to step away from October. This is, and you know, that was quite a big, bold decision to make, but I was like, I just needed to do that and have confidence in doing that. I would love to hear more about how you felt handing over to a team (laughs) and what, what kind of worked and what didn't, what did you, um, did you struggle with that? Cause I know you said that that was quite a difficult thing to find the right people. And I think even at the best of times, it's difficult to find the perfect people for a team. And yeah. I think for you, when you knew you had this kind of like deadline that you needed to hire by, did that bring a whole load of stress? Yes, it did. In some ways it was, um, it, some were very easy to bring on because basically I had this, I was, I was talking about, I built some networks. So I actually brought on some VAs I'd worked with in the past, which was amazing. And some of them are still with me. And one of them, um, I didn't just give her, I gave her one of our biggest clients, but I also gave her um, basically here's what you need to do if I'm suddenly not around anymore as in with my business like I had that level of trust with her which is amazing so I just knew so I gave her some operations side of things that need to do and how things run and what to do if something goes wrong and she would support the other VA so she's fabulous and I'm very lucky to still have her on my team um, and basically I spoke to so many VAs I think This is maybe really unhelpful, but for me, I think this is probably one of the most helpful things to say is if you think someone isn't right for your team or right for a client, just even if someone external thinks they're going to be right for your team and right for your client, trust your gut because that's, Mm -hmm. you know... which sounds really vague I know people might roll their eyes at that but I I don't always trust my gut enough and normally I can look back and be like I had a feeling this wasn't going to work out (laughs) yeah yeah I completely agree yeah so I think that's that's one of the things if you feel someone's not right for you not right for your team or not right for a client really really trust your gut on that but I was lucky that I brought in people I'd worked, I brought in a few people I'd worked with in the past, um, a few who'd done a few trial ad hoc tasks for me and the standard was incredible. So I was like, yeah, I, you're definitely going to be right for this moving forward. I'd love to work with you. And, and I was also very clear with them as well. Like I want, my goal was I'd love to work with them long term, but the minimum I wanted them for was about three months after I gave birth so I wanted that minimum three months commitment kind of thing you know I wanted to make sure they were and luckily like you know they all stayed far longer than that and still with me now but um it's it was that balancing act of making sure people weren't just using it for a stopgap for money especially during COVID because some people did lose clients and were like oh I'll become I'll I'll work with someone else until I can find other clients and it's like uh, you know it's not an easy option working for a service but it's a very rewarding one if you if you enjoy that side of things so I think it's knowing what kind of people you want to work with as well you may may work for you just having someone look after your client for six eight weeks ten weeks and then you come back to your client that's that's your choice you've got to know what's your long-term goal with the business as well not just your short-term for maternity leave yeah I think this conversation is going to be so helpful for so many people but also 
it's important to remember that everyone is so different and one person might want to take a couple of weeks off and someone else might want to take a couple of years off and so I think the key thing for you or like anyone listening um is to figure out where you're going and figure out how you want it to work for you like take advice from other people see how other people do things see what feels good but then figure out what you want specifically because I think the worst thing you can do is almost like live by somebody else's plan and then think oh actually this doesn't really work for me so I know some people would be happy to do similar to what you did and get a team in for some people I'm sure that's their worst nightmare and they would rather the business not run at all while they were off and I think there is no right and wrong on that no yeah maybe your option is just to completely pause and then come back to it when the time is right and but all I would say is as well be no matter if it's your first second or fifth baby be prepared for things to change because things changed with my second with what happened to him after his birth that I could have never prepared for and the only thing I could prepare for business-wise was basically prepare for the worst case scenario which is that I'm not around completely and Mm -hmm. luckily I'd put that plan in place and I think no matter what your goal is for your business even if it's completely your choice if you want to complete you know take the minimum maternity leave and go back to running it as usual um you've still got to be prepared that that might change I think that's the only thing I can say on that side of it yeah definitely have have a plan in case things don't go to plan (laughs) yes that's it plan for the worst case scenario and I think it's so hard to say that when anything surrounding pregnancy or babies because it's you know we almost had the worst case scenario. So it's, and especially for me, that's quite hard to talk about, but, and it's not a nice thing to say. You don't want to say that to pregnant women or anyone expecting a baby, but sometimes in life, you've, you've just got to be prepared for things. And you've got to, you know, with your business, you've got to have plans for worst case scenarios with everything. So. Yeah. I think it's that thing, isn't it? Of like, even if you don't want to think about worst case scenario, it's like, you don't want your business to be an additional thing hanging over you. Like no. no matter what the situation, like even if like your car breaks down, for example, tomorrow and you can't get home for 12 hours, you want to know that things are not just going to fall apart. You exactly. can't necessarily plan for every worst case scenario, but you need to know that if something goes wrong, no matter what that is in life, your business is not going to be so dependent on you that it's like, you know like a domino effect where the business then falls apart and then you've got no money and then you know etc so I think it's that isn't it and also I think the question that everyone is going to be wondering um is how did your clients react to you saying I'm pregnant I'm going to be away you're going to have people looking after you what was the response so um it was actually really a lot better than I thought it, that was the part especially going on discovery calls that was the part that made me feel really nervous and in an ideal world you wouldn't in an ideal world it would be people just cracked on with people working with people who have, have babies and it's a normal thing but you know in your head you know and I know it the clients were really really great about it like they were like well we came on because we wanted to work with you we'd obviously still like to work with you but you know this is the scenario so you know we're open-minded and we'll see what happens and um I'm very lucky that like, all my clients are still here after after I came back from maternity leave so it, it went it was a success in that sense um you know I I see client churn as a huge gauge of how your business 
was doing because I used to look after it in a previous role and it was a really awful number <laughs> and so now when I look at my churn number I'm like wow this is like a really good success for me it's not just about the financial numbers it's about the clients you manage to retain and yeah managing to retain your clients throughout maternity is is a huge gauge for your business I feel yeah I'm so glad we had this conversation because I know a big fear for business owners is if I fall pregnant is everything then going to fall apart are all my clients going to leave and I think hearing sometimes somebody else who's been through it and actually things worked out and things didn't all fall apart like that's just what you need to hear to know that it's possible yeah yeah and you've got to have that confidence in yourself because if you don't have confidence that you can your business can stay as it however you want it whatever version you want it to look like during your maternity you don't have confidence in that your clients won't have confidence in that and you know and just remember I mean I one of my clients I used to work with years ago and then they've tried lots of people working lots of different ways with lots of people and then when I told them I was setting up they were there straight away (laughs) and that was after like a two-year break from ever speaking with them and now they're still with me now so you know if clients can you know come back after a couple of years they will if you will say your decision is to pause your business they will wait for you for a couple of months kind of thing If, if they enjoy working with you you've got to have confidence in that it's so true and I think this goes for so many things as well like increasing prices because if your clients love you and they love what you do and they really value you they probably won't really care they'll just be like excited for you to come back and I think it's the same I always try and flip this imagine if you were the customer and your favorite hairdresser who you'd been with for two years and always did an amazing job was on maternity when you needed a haircut you would go elsewhere but then you would go back afterwards right you wouldn't just think oh how dare she and never go back and I think when you look at it like that it sounds silly but when you're the one running the business everything I think feels a little bit scarier a bit more extreme because it's you've got so much to lose so I do completely agree with what you said like if you're delivering a good service there's no reason why people will just get up and leave yeah exactly and say you do and that you have a, a little bit of client churn which probably would have naturally happened anyway you you will easily replace that and you'll be working differently you'll be working with a new perspective if this is your first well no matter what number baby you're on at that point first or fifth or whatever and it, it's it's all different all changes but you're building up these amazing skills um from pregnancy from maternity leave from child rearing (laughs) and and your clients will really value that as well that you can bring a whole new perspective to them so look at it from that perspective as well yeah so true so true so how did you feel coming back because at that point you've got a team who have been kind of running things for you how did you feel then stepping back into it was that quite a natural move for you to step back in was there any difficulty there I have to say it was very natural, very organic and all on my terms. So it it was a huge difference for me from when I was employed. And it was all about what me and my husband could do financially and a place of insecurity. Whereas I was always prepared that if things changed and I didn't want to come back after a couple of months, I wasn't going to. And um, so my husband actually got made redundant the month, like just after his paternity leave (laughs) from our child, um, which worked out really well because it was another lockdown. uh, We were at home. So I when I used some kit days just to do things like maybe planning some content 
doing my, uh, anyone who doesn't know what kit days are, sorry, they're keep in touch days. So you, if you're on self-employed maternity leave, that's what you, you still get these 10 days, which you also get if you're on employed maternity leave. And it's basically where you can go, well, if you're employed, go into the office and see people, do some work, and you can use them as well to get bits of your business done. If you need to pay people, like send your invoices, that if those are certain bits you don't want to hand over, that's what I use my keep and touch days for. Um, and so it was around April, so it was four months postpartum, I decided I was just gonna come off maternity leave and work flexibly. I didn't have a set plan. Um, but just, you know, if I needed to do anything like step in and help the clients, support my team, I just wanted to have more of that flexibility. And what was really good, I didn't really, I didn't actually know this. So this is a part of you know, the planning that I failed is that with self-employed maternity leave, um, say you're working full time before you go on maternity leave, you can come back part time and then still claim the allowance for the days you're still on leave for, which is really good because you don't get that when you're employed um so I came back a couple of days a week until August which was when my maternity leave ran out but I say a couple of days a week I was just working flexibly I was getting some childcare help it was a couple of hours here and there until it was I, my plan was September so that was nine months maternity um to put my kid in nursery for two days a week and then it, it was my husband who was actually like you're getting stressed Caroline I feel like you want to do more of your work so I think we should start him in nursery in August and so it's actually someone external telling me uh well my husband uh, <laughs> that now's the time to go back because you're ready to and you're getting stressed trying to juggle you need to just focus two days a week and then be able to be a mum the rest of the time which was which was really helpful to have that especially Another thing about planning as well was that, you know, you might plan to work evenings after you've had your baby. Well, my baby decided not this particular baby. My first baby was a great sleeper. My second one decided not to sleep in the evenings until he was about eight months old. So I didn't have any evenings to work either. So that, that was something to work around. I, I didn't have any time at downtime at times I thought I would based on my first experience. Um, yeah, so coming back to work now, I'm now three days a week, but I do work evenings now because my kids sleep. So I'm, pr I'm pretty much full time, just I work the hours that suit me, which is great as well. Something I couldn't have done when I was employed. So I get my Wednesdays and my Fridays with my kids. And obviously, if anyone needs me, I'm around. I always like to be fully available for my business, but it, that doesn't tend to happen. I have to say it, it's it's very good. Um, so for me, it's just been a really positive experience and, you know, it might not be for everyone. And so I don't want to set this really high expectations, but I had quite a bad experience the first time. So I think it's been really nice to see how positive it can go if you're running your own business. There's so many good points we could, we could touch on. Um, <laughs> and I think the, the one thing that kind of sums up everything that you said really today is that you need to be able to adapt in your business. And I think that's been shown through, you know, plans not going to plan, COVID happening, redundancy, all those other things that can come up, whether it's big things in life or, you know, small day-to-day -day things in the business, no matter how much you do plan, you never really know what's gonna happen. And there's a certain element of things that is always gonna be out of your control. And the most important thing in business is to almost to be okay with that and to make peace with the fact that you can't plan everything and to be 
to be able to plan to an extent, but then to also be open to the fact that that plan might change and you do need to adapt as you go. Yeah, uh, I think that's basically it in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> Running a business. I think that's why not everyone does it because, yeah. it, you know, it, it's it's hard and you've got to be very much at peace that things can just change suddenly. <laughs> yeah, and I think that we've seen that a lot, haven't we, recently with COVID? There was almost yeah. two types of business. The one who, you know, went online and started offering slightly different services you know the gyms who started doing online memberships things like that and there were these other types of businesses who kind of just they they couldn't adapt they couldn't see another way of doing things because they were so stuck in the ways that they had been doing things and I know for some businesses it wasn't as possible as for others but I do think it really highlighted that those who did succeed and those who continued to thrive when we're all at home were the people who thought okay this was unexpected this wasn't in my plan I'm going to adapt and I'm going to make it work anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's exactly it, because I think COVID is, has really taught us that. And especially if you end up homeschooling your kids and sometimes you can end up being dropped with that because you, you, we're still in COVID. You might all end up with positive tests and you've just all got to be at home. And it, it just shows we've got to be so adaptable. And this is where our, our, hopefully a lot of employers are following suit, where we, we're changing how we work but remembering to have that switch off time as well, because that's so important, in my opinion, um, for what we discussed earlier. Yeah, 100%. Okay, my final question um, is, if there's anyone listening to this, and they are in the stages of thinking about starting a family, and they're also running a business, and they're thinking, how the hell do I plan for that? (laughs) Do you have any advice or like, top three tips for what to do if you're planning on having a child soon you're also running a business things that you want to do in advance great my top three tips okay um prepare your business plan so what is your long-term goal for your business and where does it fit in with having children so you know is your long-term goal to scale is your long-term goal to be a, a is it a certain financial figure in order to you know contribute to the household or is it to have that work-life balance and you know the financial figure isn't important you, you figure that out and then you can figure out your maternity leave plans in line with that as well um because that's something I'm doing right now is you know what my goals are but as well as my household goals and I, I you know I'm re- readdressing that as we speak um have a financial plan uh look into your finances so that was a big one because I still by four months before I was due to give birth I had quite an ambitious financial plan and it suddenly realized that I wasn't going to do that and I needed to figure out actually what did my household need financially from me and that's when I also realized that I could get self-employed maternity pay so look into that call HMRC chat with them about it it's you know find out if you finances are important then figure that out and then you can figure out the rest of your business as well um my third tip is just be prepared for things to change, be prepared to pivot, be prepared for things not to go to plan, as we said, just always stay open-minded. I think that's something I more learned from my first pregnancy and my first return to work is I was I was very stubborn that things weren't going to change. I'd made my plan. I was forceful about that plan, you know, and then the second time around, I was like, no, this is my plan. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's changed. <laughs> And um, so I just 
try as much as possible to keep that open mind that whether it's your business, your home life, your health, things can change and you, you got to ride with it. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for, for joining me and also sharing so much about your business and your life and everything. Like I really appreciate it. And I think so many people are going to find this so useful. Where can people find you? If they want to come and connect with you, where are you? Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me, Gemma. It's really, really been a privilege. And I, I just, I hope it's been helpful for your listeners because I, you know, I think for me, if I could have listened to someone in this seat probably you know 18 months ago that would have been fabulous <laughs> um so if you want to find me i'm um on instagram at we are upsource linkedin i'm caroline marshall hopefully there's not too many of us on there for you to find me um my website is also www.weareupsource.co.uk and you can find my contact details there as well thank you so much no problem thank you Gemma.